welcome to the Exam Study Expert Podcast, helping you ace your exams at school and university through the psychology of high performance and the science of studying smarter, not harder. It's my pleasure to introduce your host, the Cambridge-trained memory psychologist and exam success coach, William Wadsworth. Hello and welcome back to the Exam Study Experts podcast. We're back refreshed and raring to go after a little break uh, over the summer of the past few weeks. I hope this finds you well too. Uh, Whether your term or semester is already in full swing, whether it's starting soon, or whether your scholarly world isn't tied to terms or semesters at all and it's just been a regular few weeks of studying. Um, To regular listeners who've missed us, uh, I hold my hands up. I ended up taking a couple weeks longer off over summer than I intended. Um, I'm so sorry to leave you without your Exams Today Expert podcast fix, uh, but Finn not we're back with you now through to next summer uh, with a new episode coming every Sunday as normal Uh, and even while we've been off air the last few weeks uh, we've been hard at work in the background on recordings and ideas and interviews for the new season so there's lots of great stuff coming your way. To ease ourselves back into things, I'm kicking things off again this week uh, with an episode on learning languages with my friend Kirsten from fluentlanguage.co.uk and the Fluent Language Podcast. It's been some time since I've done a a sort of a subject or domain-specific episode, but it's something I like to throw in from time to time, particularly in the past. So if you browse the uh, less recent uh, back catalogue of episodes, you'll find some nice episodes on uh, chemistry. That was number 36. Uh, Business and MBAs. That was number 34. PhDs, uh, 17. Music, that was number 8. Latin, number 9. English language, number 5. Maths, number 4. I was doing quite a lot of it in the early days, wasn't I? Um, Today's episode, to be honest, uh, is actually more for a general audience of hobby language learners than full-time language scholars studying a language at college or university. Now, if you are a full-time language student, uh, I think it should definitely be of interest to you. Um, But I think Kirsten's approach is in particular aimed at the the kind of the the, the general or or like hobbyist language learner. And um, I think so many of us fit into that camp or at least aspire to. From observation and experience, I think people with a love of learning, and that's probably you if you're listening to this podcast, are divided into two camps when it comes to language learning. Um, You're either in the camp of people who are actively spending time uh, regularly improving your language skills, or you're in the camp of people who are not actively doing that, um, but you kind of wish you were on some level. Um, and for many years, I've been in the latter category and, and, and not been working on language at all, but it's always been something I felt I should really do. But inspired by recording this interview with Kirsten, as I did um, a couple of months ago now, um, I picked up my French course on Duolingo again, and I'm now packing a uh, 50-day plus streak um, on on Duolingo. And and more importantly, I feel like I'm making real progress with the language again, uh, bolstering my high school French and and starting to pick up some new words and and starting to get the uh, basics just a little bit more fluent again and, and having fun with it. And speaking of fun, one of the reasons I wanted to put this episode right at the start of the season is that there's a really nice vibe running throughout the conversation about just love of learning and that intrinsic love for for just learning new things, not only just for the outcomes of the, the skills or the qualifications it might give you, but just the sheer joy of learning. And surely that's something we all want to tap into and nurture. 
So I really hope you enjoyed today's conversation. Uh, without further ado, let's meet Kirsten and talk all things languages. Hello, I'm Kirsten. I run a website called fluentlanguage.co.uk, where for over 10 years now I've been writing, podcasting, talking and making a lot of courses, really looking at language learning. And my favorite space within that is to function as a language coach, which is really looking at the bigger picture of how we learn and to share study mindset and study skills, tips and deep dig into it with people. Um, my happiest target person, I guess, is the adult learner. I just, I love, I, I'm so impressed. I'm forever so impressed. And I love it so much when people choose to do a hard thing which is learning a language, and when people feel inspired to do this. And I myself have learned probably 10, something between 10 and 13 languages, and I speak, I can speak to you in four without embarrassment and f five with embarrassment. Um, yeah, so I really, really love learning languages. I love sharing that with the world and just love it when it really stays with you for your life because in my experience, that's when you get good. You've obviously had a huge passion for languages. It's what you. It's it's been a huge part of your your professional world and what you teach and what you you put out into the world. Mm -hmm. And it's obviously been a an, an important like part of your private life as well. With all that learning that's gone into learning ten to thirteen languages and being able to chat in four. Um, <laughs> let's start with why inspire us with the joys and benefits of language learning. Why do I love learning languages in general? Oh, there is so much. To Look, okay. First of all, they're out there, right? Languages, every single language, even if it has like two speakers, is an entire world, is an entire universe, a different way of seeing the world. They are so close to us. It's so easy. No matter where you live, you're walking down the road, you're so likely unless you live in a village where I come from. But like, if if you say you walk until you've seen 100 people, you're really likely to hear a different language. Yeah. And a language is not just, oh, I'm interested in words or whatever. I do get excited when, like, I was, I don't know, I, make, I made a smoothie this morning and I'm stood there going, banana, that's a great word, isn't it, really? Banana. <laughs> and so I do have a fascination with words in themselves. But for me, the real magic is... Languages are genuinely spoken by people and they give you such an insight window access into an entirely different world that is unique to languages. And it's, in other words, it's magic. So that's why yeah. <laughs> I just love it. Yeah. That ability to be able to connect with other people, you know, a big part of your why, I guess, is, is that just intrinsic love of the world of language. And, and it's, it's clearly <laughs> something you find just to declare that intrinsic interest. I, I guess not everybody might have that to start. It may be something they cultivate and nurture throughout their language learning journey. But if you were kind of give someone, uh, I guess, a kind of a vision for the future, you know, in X year's time, when you've done all this work, when you stayed consistent, this is what you'll be able to do. Um, what would be some of the big, shiny pots of gold on at the end of the rainbow that you kind of point people to as some of the biggest oh yeah that's that's really cool i should therefore learn a language 
it it depends on your personal goal. But for me personally, the biggest one I can think of, the one I really want when I'm just sort of making tentative steps is I want to fall in love. Sometimes you have three words and you're already really into a language. Yeah. If so, if you're learning, let's say German, right? At the start, you might not imagine that learning German could be fun, but you might you might find that somehow there is something that you can access in the poetry of Goethe. Somehow there is something that you can access in just learning more about the country and the landscapes. Maybe it's uh, techno in Berlin. <laughs> For many people, maybe controversially, it's the music of Rammstein. Whatever, you know, maybe there is there is something that you kind of find out along the way. So one of my big kind of pot of gold would be you fall in love, right? You really feel like this is so cool. The second one is you get to feel like you're an absolute genius superhero. You get to feel like you're so cool. Oh my God, I can do this, right? Because when you're first having those conversations, maybe not the first time, like, but don't you feel kind of if you've, when you go to Sp Spain, or I don't know, because I've never done the Una Cerveza Por Favor in Spain, but I have gone to Wales to a festival and I was still really early. I could say like four things and really didn't know much Welsh, um, but it was the Estefot, sort of very Welsh language first. And I knew how to say, <laughs> and I knew what the guy meant when he was, he handed me that drink, my drink and then he said, in Friubeth Arach. And I was like, whoa, that means, do you want anything else? And I was like, oh, I knew that. I knew that, yeah. right? And then you get to walk away and you feel so good about yourself and you feel this real buzz of, I'm a genius, everyone, I'm a genius. And that is also a thing that you don't even have to get good. You don't have to study for years and years. That can come to you really, really early. And I think languages really give you this really, really well. So like adrenaline mm -hmm. boost. And then thirdly, it's the benefits that... Um, a language can bring to your life from a kind of social, from really your quality of life perspective. So you might, you may find that when you are traveling, you've got an easier time settling into the place, got an easier time making friends with people. Maybe if you have a little bit of a chat with the taxi driver, you get that little discount, you get that little extra tip. Um, maybe you access a whole new, a whole new um, group of friends And many people actually learn languages because of someone they know. So the the more German my husband learns, the the more like he might he he feels more comfortable talking to my parents, talking to my family. But also he accesses he understands more my, my world and where I come from, you know. And even as a couple, we can develop this sort of deeper level, you know, a little bit of code and like my my nickname for him is in German and stuff. So the ways you can bond, you strengthen a bond with a different person is really, really strong. Um, oh, and also if you're a super rational person, it is uh, statistically relevant for how much you get paid in your career. So it's also worth money. So we've gone from the heart all the way to the purse. We, we, we love it. You. Our full, full spectrum. <laughs> um, <laughs> I was reading the story on your, your website about uh, how you started saving considerably on your Russian taxi driver bills once you'd learned other amounts of money than 300. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, I used to have a job where that required travel to uh, two places, Kazakhstan and Russia. And in Kazakhstan, The taxis are a bit different. You kind of stick your hand out and then just a random person stops. Um, sometimes with like 
Guns N' Roses blaring out the window. It's amazing. I love them. Um, and then you get in and then you say where you want to go. So you can just about like, you can go, oh, Holiday Inn. And then say the name of the streets. When you don't yeah. speak Russian, you can maybe manage that. Um, and then you say a number and see if they say yes or no. And I'd found that in Kazakhstan, I'd learned how to say 300 in Russian. So everything, every taxi ride just had to be 300 thingies, uh, tenge, it's, they're called, because I just couldn't say anything else. But it was a really good deal. But then I got, I had to go to Russia for work. And in Russia, the rubles, if you have 300 rubles, that that's much more money than... 310 yeah. but it was still all i could say <laughs> so i had to i had to learn different numbers all of a sudden because otherwise i was overpaying everybody for the taxis and when you have to go back to work or your expenses it looks a bit dodgy it looks a bit weird that's really funny um you probably have a deeper insight into this than me so so i'd love to hear your perspective as well but it, it strikes me that one of the challenges is that this is such a, 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 a such a long-term project and it's mm-hmm. a real challenge to stay, mo- you know, you talked about motivation. I think the real challenge, not only to get started, but also once you get past that honeymoon period and the buzz of, oh, I'm learning a few words, you know, keeping yourself going when you start to realize just how big a gulf there is between learning those first few words and starting to get to the point where you can actually have, you know, decent informal conversations with people. What are your mm. thoughts on some of those, I guess, mindset and motivation challenges? You are 100% correct that learning a language to say the level at which I speak English, that's, I don't want to say it's a lifelong project because I think I'm going to live longer than now. So, but it does, <laughs> I have been learning English for like 30 years, right? So it does take a long, long time and I live here and I'm married to, a, you know, an English native speaker and all yeah. that kind of stuff. But do you need to get your language to this level? Is that the only idea of success that you have? Yeah. Probably not, right? You just kind of want to function and you want to build your goals along the way. So when I work with my clients, students, um, I usually work with two types of goals and I try to split it out because people struggle to translate a goal into action because very often with language learning, um, your goals – if if I ask you your goal or if you think, if I ask what you want, like it's kind of wishy-washy because you want to yeah. be fluent and you want to have conversations. And then people sometimes want to get more specific. And they're like, I want to have a 15-minute conversation. And that's nice, but you kind of don't know when you're there. And then even if you're there, what you really want is the like instant ability to have conversations with anyone about anything. You know, you want all that. So what's helpful, because that really is, William, you're right, something that would take a long time and a lot of confidence and it's it doesn't come for free what really helps is to kind of break down capture what i call your vision goal so that's really the earlier i talked about falling in love that's the bit that's kind of making you maybe you're not quite in love yet maybe you're flirting with a language (laughs) But like, what's the thing that's intriguing? What's the, what's drawing your interest? Why are you interested in this particular language? What's your reason? And then from that, okay, well, what do you want out of it? Not every language has to be learned to fluency. When I stopped learning Russian, I was able to stop it because I thought, do you know what? I can read Cyrillic now and that's actually good enough for me and I feel pretty cool already. So 
Like I said, for me, it's like yeah. it's a confidence booster, clearly. Like it makes me feel good about myself. But then that's my second point in this vision goal. I usually inst- I usually work with students on really thinking of a scenario. Like what does life look like when you've reached your goal? Who who are you gonna be? And how how has it changed you? As you know, what's it what does it mean about your capability? What does it mean about your your result, right? It's more than just this sort of measurable yes no binary are you fluent are you not fluent it's kind of what kind of growth you mentioned personal growth earlier i think in our pre-chat what kind of personal growth have you had out of it so really what gets you excited what's motivating and then that's your vision and if we can get that to a, a way that you feel excited and positive and really like yeah now i know why i'm learning spanish that's great we're going to take that. We're going to put it to one side because no one can really work with that. That's the exciting, but also really wibbly wobbly bit. So then we need to break it down. And then I usually say, okay, what are you working on right now? Where do you want to be in a month? So we're going way more, we're zooming in, we're getting way more specific. Um, and we're thinking about what is a way that you can practice Typically with language learning, we want to practice listening, speaking, reading, and writing. The, what are the kind of actual, smart, you know, specific, measurable, relevant, time-bound? No one knows what the R really stands for. But, you know, like what are the smart, yeah. like the specifics of what we're actually going to do? And then your goals become about read five pages in this book get to chapter so-and-so, attend my class with so-and-so. And that way you feel, because what you don't feel otherwise and what loses, helps you, what doesn't work with motivation is you feel like you're out of control mm. because you're never getting anywhere. So if we if we can break things down and really look at what you want to do in three months, what you want to do in a month, you start to see your own progress. And invisible progress is a massive motivation killer in language learning. Um, I've read some uh, scientific literature about it. And something that really stuck with me is, I think it's Zoltan Dernier, who's just the best. Um, Zoltan Dernier says motivation is cyclical. And that to me really made sense. It doesn't go, I need to be really motivated and then I'll be motivated. It's no, you just need to do a thing and then you'll feel a success and then you'll be motivated and you'll feel a success. So we try to kind of get the plan in place so that you don't have to think very much about, am I doing this? Am I not? You try and just make it, I talk about it, it's called a language habit system. So we're really talking about make it a habit. Don't even think about it. And then just keep going. And that way, you don't have to worry, am I there yet? Am I there yet? Because that's going to drain you and that's going to make you doubt yourself and your own abilities. Um, instead, you can have these kind of small successes because it's honestly not true that achieving a goal has to be like this massive impressive single thing every time and that way i i have found when i've worked with people the motivation really has become better because your successes become visible your successes you've broken it down it's more manageable um and it's just it's just the way it works yeah yeah i think it's it's really interesting i mean when you were talking about breaking that <clears throat> big vision goal down and so mm-hmm. well, what am I going to do this month 
we, we sort of talked on the podcast before about the distinction between outcome goals and process goals and a process goal is that thing that you can that's it you can do so like you're going to a certain class reading pages of a book you know those are those are things that are totally in your control um so focusing on those in the short term whilst also kind of having this this yeah. grand vision that you maybe check in with slightly less frequently once you once you've got the ball rolling like there's a mindset decision that you can make, which is just I'm doing this. Like yeah. really to just decide I'm now learning French, and it doesn't mean I'm now fluent in French, French or something like that. It literally is just I'm now learning French, and for me it's I'm now learning Welsh. I don't every week look forward to my two hour Zoom Welsh class. That would be maybe, or like firing up Microsoft Teams, the world's most <laughs> annoying software. But, <laughs> but I do it. I do it. And I kind of just book in at the start of every year. And it has enough fun moments to always keep me excited. But it's the bigger picture of I'm learning Welsh. And this is like real life evidence that I'm doing it. But I'm already the kind of person who learns Welsh. That is a huge just shift because that way then you know you can do it because you can certainly learn you can certainly try so everything you do then just adds up to what you already know which is you're learning french you're learning german yeah yeah building that identity for yourself mm. you know you talk about that grand goal that vision of you know what you're able to do have that 15 minute conversation or whatever <laughs> um you know i i'm at a relatively early point on learning my second language which is french um i don't speak very good french at all but you can have some pretty cool wins even at a relatively early stage like i remember i don't remember the the, con the content of the conversation but i remember what happened there was a couple behind me in a checkout queue i think it was in a different country so i don't think i think i was on holiday at the time there was a confusion with somebody else and they turned to me and asked do i speak I think, do I speak German? And I, I didn't really speak any German, but I said, um, parlez-vous français? And they're like, oh, well, we, we can speak French. And so we both had this third, you know, this this other language, you know, they didn't speak English, I didn't speak German, but we could connect via this language. We both spoke a bit of French and I mm -hmm. had enough French that we could figure out whatever they were stuck with. And that was amazing. <laughs> like, you know, to be able to do that kind of thing is is really fun. That's it. That's it. So if you ever think like, why learn a language? To me, that that those moments are a huge reason to do it. Because you you probably how did you feel walking away from that? Well, it was great. And it and you know, to your point about cyclical motivation, that sort of thing only then inspires more action taking, which makes yeah. you better and brings more of those moments in future. So it sort of sets up that that virtuous virtuous spiral, I guess. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. One question I had, from your experience and, and the people you've worked with over the years, what are some of the characteristics and traits? We may have touched on some of these already, but, but um, are there any other sort of characteristics or traits that you notice in the people that, that stay the course over the years? What, what, are the, what are the habits of successful language learners? Ooh, every person, in my opinion, um, is already a successful language learner. You have it. You have them inside of you, right? So you don't have yeah. to model anything that other people do. But I know what you're getting at is really yeah. clever. It's really good question as well. Um, something that happens when you're learning a language is that people kind of maybe notice about you, and for a good while, if your friends notice about you and it's a fairly new thing, you're going to get constantly asked how it's going, and you're always going to feel like you have to show something for yourself. 
right? And then you feel like you have to prove yourself and that results in you feeling like you're not actually doing very well and yet you kind of suck and you're a bit embarrassed and then you don't really continue with it because it's actually a very embarrassing who were you to attempt this in the first place. And the, I'm going to use the word polyglot. So <laughs> I, I have been to many polyglot events. So this is people who speak, I don't know, some people have like, you must speak this many languages to be a polyglot. But really it's just... <laughs> People who are nerds about learning lots of languages, let's face it. Um, so <laughs> who will speak lots of languages? Um, and yeah. I would say there is not one type of person that has that in common. There's also some some rumor around, if you look on Reddit, like these are all left-handed um, males on, on the spectrum or something like that. I, I don't, I am left-handed, but I don't really necessarily subscribe to that. I think one thing though that really you have in common almost in your nature of going to a conference where you know everyone's going to learn a language is how I'm going to put this. Like you feel like it's there for you. It's open to you. Like you feel yeah. like you can. And it's, it's that mindset that I mentioned earlier. It's sort of like, it's, it's your right to learn a language. If I'm going to put it like that, you know, not this hesitant. Can I, may I, am I good enough? That's sort of out of the window. Once you get to language number whatever you, you've got more belief that you can do it because you've done it before in some kind of way shape or form um that's why i also mentioned the dialects earlier like you can already do it you can already do yeah. it <laughs> go team <laughs> yeah. but th th there is that um and then i think apart from that so i'm the kind of language learner who does maybe you know if i'm working really hard in a week i might do four hours um but realistically nah not every week i'm a slow learner i've been learning welsh for eight years yes my level is like advanced now it says on the book it's b2 other people might get to b2 in like you mentioned earlier like you might get there in four months right so i don't put a lot of time into my languages i, I would not enjoy it as much i do it in a way that i think is fun but i have worked with people who came to me for, for coaching and they say, well, you know, I've, I'm only putting in five hours a day. I don't, I'm not sure it's enough. And I'm thinking, what? Wow. <laughs> it's huge. <laughs> it's, it's, yeah, exactly. It's huge. So it's not about the hours from what I've seen. It's not about the specific methods, but I do think that like a lot of it just comes with the experience of having learned a language and what really helps is when you kind of self-observe and you learn what works for you and you stick with what really works for you. Um, and the better you get at it, the, the more you kind of stay the course and you find the resources that work for you and you start to get a sense of, do I like having my teacher self going through the book? Do I like a group class? Do I like Duolingo? Do I not? Um, so all those different things kind of come together. Um, and the other thing is as well to break out of the textbook and really have some level of real life application to find your point of interest, find something that really attracts you to to the language and gives you more than just, okay, here's the grammar table and here are some examples. Now we're going to fill in some gaps. Like That is boring. That is dry. Um, but imagine, all right, um, I had uh, this beautiful crepe uh, with uh, 
Apple and whatever on my holiday, why not search for recipes online or get myself like a French recipe book and I'm going to make it from the recipe in French. And I'm gonna, it's going to be so cool. And you can involve your family and your, your kid can help and you can te you know teach them a little bit. Like the more you can live your life and really let the language in, and that is consistent, I've seen with lots of people, I think the, the better it gets. Um, yeah. And on a more practical level, of course, like it's it helps to pay attention to making sure you've covered your listening, reading, speaking, and writing so that you've practiced a little bit in every aspect. Those are some some things that I could name. And I hope that I'm I'm telling you them and I'm telling listeners them in a way that really makes you feel like, yes, you can. You don't have to like change how your day is structured or how your life is structured just to learn a foreign language because you don't have to. It works when you figure out how to make it work for you. You don't have to suddenly start writing with your left hand to become a successful language learner. Oh, my God. No, I don't have to turn into a man. Thank God. <laughs> Phew. For those returning to language learning or, or possibly even starting for the first time, are there any particularly good resources? I, I know there's a wealth of podcasts, oh. websites, books, apps. It's almost overwhelming, right? I, like, And mm. I guess that's the question. Are, are there any particularly top tips uh, that are, are particularly fav particular favorites of yours that you'd suggest people uh, look at? Ooh. And that could include wow. some of your own resources as well, of course. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I well, I think. Oh, if you're an early language learner, I my thing that I think I've come to believe is that when you first start learning a language and you're kind of on the language learning, often gets like the levels are often described on this thing called the Common European Framework of Reference, um, yeah. which just means if I say A1 or A2 and you don't know what I'm talking about you google that and you have a descriptor um but there's like levels a b and c and it goes a is beginner b is basically intermediate and your c is when you get advanced uh so if someone on the a levels a1 a2 um this goes i think all the languages i've learned has been pretty similar you you want a little bit of grammar I don't think you need to dig massively into the rules because really what you're kind of learning is those basics of how sentences really work, right? So as long as you kind of have a sense of how sentences work, and I've studied, I mean, I can't speak for every language in the world, but I've studied Mandarin Chinese, I've studied Russian, I've played around with some Indonesian I once cool. tried Vietnamese and then was very scared of it because it's all really <laughs> short stuff with a million diacritics. So it was like, Whoa, yeah. I need proper time for this. Um, but then I've also learned Sp Spanish and French and uh, Welsh, obviously, one of my things, and I speak German. So long story short, sentences kind of always work in the same way because we're always trying to say, like, here is a person or a thing, and they did this other thing. You know, that's that's always what you're trying to say. That's that's pretty universal. So you don't really need to dig into grammar that much right at the start, but you need your vocab to build up, right? You need to be able to actually say stuff. And whether you say stuff in the correct form doesn't matter as much as even just knowing the word for it, right? At the start, it's a lot of word, point. And then when yeah. you get to the intermediate levels, I think grammar plays a bigger role. My general 
impression, every language I've gone to B2 and above in, you're not actually learning anything new at that level. You're just refining, refining, refining. Um, so that's really just a way of saying, don't worry too much about grammar at the start because later on you'll have plenty of time to work with that when you're not also trying to remember 200 words that are completely new to you. So in terms of resources then... It's a really difficult to to like recommend something specific because every person is different and what one person enjoys, another might not enjoy, right? So it really is a case of, so my tip is if you can at the start, just try out loads of stuff and discard very quickly. Don't feel like you have to get to the end of every book. That's something I would really recommend. Um, personally, I'm not really a huge fan of apps. I don't really... I love textbooks, but then realistically, I don't do them. Um, <laughs> I really love, get yourself like, you can get one-to-one -one tutors fairly easily online now and fairly affordably on something like italki. So do try that out. Maybe join a group class if you like that kind of thing. Some people get really frustrated if the pace isn't right. Um, some people get frustrated at their teachers. Like you have to have a teacher that helps you build your confidence. If you feel like you're not doing well, and you're a beginner, then I think your teacher could do more work to help you feel better about yourself. Um, but that's, again, this sort of coach's perspective. Mm, um, yes. But you don't have to, like, sign up with the official, like, if you have to go to the Goethe Institute to learn the official German, because realistically, it's all the same. Um, so there is a series of online courses where I have made one called German Uncovered that are done by Story Learning. Um, and because I've made the German uncovered, I know it's like it's really solid because I know how much how much work it was. And but I'm also really familiar with the method. I think the method is is good for lots of people because it starts you off looking at a story before you even know much, and it gives you a lot of those success feelings of oh, I can figure this out straight away. So have nice. a look at those. Um, in terms of my own stuff, <laughs> I would love if somebody is a little bit beyond the start, like you could use this to start off, but I think the really, if you want a consistent routine, which usually means you're, you're at the point where you're saying, okay, right now the initial three month buzz has worn off and I, but I do want to stick with this. What do I do now? Um, then I would really love to draw your attention to the language habit system, which is a course that I teach. And there's a free training that I've set up to go around that. So I would love to just offer that to people. It's called the little known secret to success in language learning. And it's all about I'm not going to tell you, you have to come and, yeah. <laughs> come and watch, I guess. Um, but it's a, it's a great training. It's had a lot of really great feedback. So I'd love for you to have a look at that. Um, and otherwise just really throw yourself that's my tip. It's not one specific resource. My real tip is for like two weeks, maybe two weeks periodically, throw yourself into like language learning wonderland to try out as much as you possibly can. And then at the end, see what you want to stick with for the next little while. Um, and then that way you start to figure out what works for you. And that is the way to integrate language in your life. And that's the way to not stop and give up. Kirsten, I wonder if we could wrap this thing up with your, uh, with a top little language learning tip, um, either bringing together something we talked about before or something else you really wish you could sneak in at the end uh, for our listeners today. Ooh, 
okay, I'm going to I'm going to say one of the things I'm going to say two things that I say now at the start of almost every training. Um and the first one is everything works. Right? Because some people will go, oh, so-and-so doesn't work. Or, oh, this is like the best course ever. Um, you're probably going to find yourself online reading reviews. My my experience has been everything is everything works, but lots and lots of stuff isn't fun for everybody, right? So no matter what it is that you try, you're not wasting your time. It is all adding up to the result that you want. So everything works. Um, and the other one, <laughs> which is how I learned vocab and what's really helped me kind of take it easier when somebody's giving me massive lists of words, you know, in a conversation is to tell myself if it's important, it'll come back. So you don't have to memorize everything. Forgetting is normal. Forgetting is part of the process. It really is kind of how your memory works in a way. And every word in another language, if it's important, you will encounter it again. You will have another time when you don't know it until you suddenly know it. And if that doesn't happen, then it wasn't very important work. I love that. If it's important, it will come back. Have patience. That's have it. confidence. <laughs> Trust <laughs> <Yeah>. the process. <laughs> that's the diff that's the difference in a way between learning a language for life and learning, you know, like for an exam, where you can't be like, yeah. oh, if it's important, it'll come back. No, you have to know <laughs> this on the day. So there's yeah. the difference, really. Yeah, that's great. That's great. Well, look, Kirsten, this has been huge fun. Uh, thank you so much for coming on today, helping inspire us and, and get us started or rekindle a love of language learning. Uh, I super so. enjoy this conversation and I'm certainly feeling inspired. So thank you so much. Oh, you're very welcome. Thank you for having me and letting me come and make my speeches. I like making these speeches. So <laughs> yes, see everybody who wants to learn a language online. Come and say hi. And if you're interested in learning more with Kirsten, she's got a great range of courses about language learning generally, including uh, courses on vocab memory, uh, writing your way to fluency, habits for language learning, and cracking the grammar code. Um, she's got uh, a bunch of free options and resources as well. You can browse her entire catalogue at examstudyexpert.com forward slash fluent. Uh, Kirsten's even been kind enough to offer us a little referral fee uh, as to the show uh, on most of her courses. If you go on to buy anything from her, uh, at no extra cost to you, of course. Uh, so uh, a little purchase, treating yourself to a little language learning purchase with Kirsten is a nice way to, to offer a little bit of uh, financial support to the Exam Study Expert podcast as well. Uh, so do check out what she has to offer at examstudyexpert.com dot com forward slash fluent. I'll be back next week with a special episode featuring my longtime mentor and friend Alan Donegan talking about the power of personal development to quite literally change your life. And I don't think that's hyperbole, um, including in the domain of scholarship and all things studying, uh, but also uh, applying the same principles to other areas of your life as well. Something a little bit different for you and stretching our usual study and learning tips remit just a little bit. Um, but I'm indulging myself in this one because I think it will be of considerable interest and value to so many of you. Uh, and also Alan's amazing. Uh, so please do watch out for that hitting your podcast feed next week and tune in if you can. For now, thanks so much for listening today and wishing you every success as always in your studies. If you've got exams coming up, you can now get all of William's favourite tips and tricks to save you time and get you higher grades all in one handy cheat sheet. Grab your copy at examstudyexpert.com slash free tips.
Thanks again for listening, and see you soon.